0: Thank you for listening to this message from First Baptist Church of Alamogordo. More information about First Baptist Church can be found at www.fbcalamo.com. Well, at this point, more than likely, all of your presents have been opened. And maybe most of the family has gone home, except those parts that you really like, right? They're the ones that maybe are still here. most of the leftovers are gone. Maybe in your house, even the Christmas decorations have been put up. Uh, and ours, I wait as long as possible because, as exciting as it is to put them up, it's 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 hard to put them to to, to, to put them away. Um, it's not as much fun. Can't can't get as excited about putting the Christmas decorations away. And so this morning we come in here. This. Um, The the season of Advent, the traditional Christmas season is is over and yet, according to the church calendar, the season of Epiphany goes on until January 6th, which is the traditional celebration of the arrival of the Magi. And so I say all that to say I'm still well within my bounds to talk Christmas this morning. Okay, that's that's all I'm saying. So um, this morning we want to talk about the response to Christmas. How, how How do we respond now now that all the all the pomp and the circumstance and and the maybe a lot of the stress of the the holidays are winding down as we get ready to begin a new year tomorrow and and for most of us that means on Tuesday that that, that a new year means back to the same old routine. How how do we how do we respond? How do we make sense of Christmas in in light of uh and, and In light of what Christ has done for us. And so this morning I want us to go to Luke chapter 2. We're going to pick up in verse 16. And even though we read this passage last Sunday as we read the Christmas story. This morning we're going to zero in on the shepherds. And we're going to see how they responded. And and maybe learn a thing or two about how we are to respond as well. And so if you will stand with me as I read in in Luke chapter 2. You can follow along. Uh, Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 16, and we're told this. It says, They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you so much for the chance to gather together as your people. As we celebrate not only the end of of the Christmas season, but as we celebrate the end of this year and look forward to, to the things that you have for us in 2018. I pray this morning we would pause just for a moment. And consider the model that we're given in the life of the shepherds. Show us how to respond to the truth of Christmas. Not just from Thanksgiving to Christmas Day. But how we can respond to the truth that that we celebrate this time of year. Throughout the year, throughout our lives. And so, uh, open up your word to us this morning. We ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. You can have a seat. So, what I, what I want us to understand this morning is that the good news of Christmas requires a response. The, the good news of Christmas requires of a response. Now, uh, one of my favorite movies, in fact, maybe my favorite Christmas movie, is Elf. All right? I love it. Um, in fact, that will be the first Christmas movie that I watch uh, when I start, when, when my official observation of Christmas begins November 1st. Or maybe October 28th, but, but it's, it's, it's creeping up. But every year, Elf is the first Christmas movie that I watch. Um, I just, I love it. I'm, Michelle tells me that I am uh, Buddy the Elf in, in a lot of respects. So uh, I just, I love it. It's, it's my favorite, favorite Christmas movie. At the beginning of the movie, uh, the North Pole is wrapping up from A Christmas, And Santa Claus stands up and he congratulates all the elves on a wonderful Christmas. And then he says, it's time to start preparation for next Christmas. And a loud cheer goes up from the whole host of elves in the North Pole. And so I'm telling us this morning that as we're finishing up the Christmas season, it's time to start preparations for next Christmas. Now, if you're like me, that, that causes a lot of excitement um, because I would I would celebrate Christmas all year long. I don't think pumpkin pie ever goes out of style. All right, um, ugly Christmas sweaters are acceptable year round. Okay, I, I just I, I love it. I would leave all the decorations up in the sanctuary if it were culturally appropriate. But uh, here's here's what I mean by that. Now that we've wrapped up, we have to ask ourselves: Well, now what? And if the reality of Christmas doesn't affect the way that we live the other 364 days of the year, then we haven't understood the, the true meaning of Christmas. And, and no, I don't simply mean keeping up the decorations or singing Silent Night in July. Although I'm like I said, I'm not necessarily opposed to either one of those things. But but the response for Christmas, the response to Christmas is something deeper. And so this morning I want to look really quickly at three ways that we can respond. To the good news of Christmas, the first way is that we can respond with pursuit. We, we, we respond with pursuit. If you look at verse sixteen, right right after the uh, the, the angels appeared to the shepherds, you, you know this part of the story. There was a multitude of the heavenly host uh, with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and peace on earth uh, to to the people He favors. Verse 15 says, when the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem, see what's happened. Now imagine for a second that that the shepherds are out in their field and they see the sky split wide with this angelic chorus and they all look at each other and go, hey, that was kind of cool. It was a good show. Good show appreciated that. Maybe they even stand up and, and applaud like you would at the end of the Nutcracker and, and say, good good show. We appreciate what we've seen. And then they go back to, to tending their sheep. Now we would look at them and say, man, you guys are crazy. You, you've got to at least go check out and see what you were just told. And yet how many of us respond to the message of the gospel maybe that same way? Maybe maybe we enjoy it for a while. We think, man, that was a great It's a great message. It's a great show. Now I've got to get on with life as normal. But for the shepherds, we're told in verse 16, they hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. They pursued this Christ child that they had heard about. They they didn't dismiss what the angels told them, but... They also wanted to search out for themselves. They they wanted to search out this truth for themselves. They they didn't want to miss the opportunity to worship this this newborn king personally. And here's here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that there are too many believers who are content just to read about or to hear about God doing great things. And so maybe we read through the Bible, we read some stories, maybe like the shepherds, and we, we see what God did in their day and we say, wow, isn't that... Cool, And then we go on with life as normal. And I believe that God still moves in and through us the way that he moved in the Bible. I think the difference is we we are often too distracted to pursue him the way people in Scripture pursued him. And and so so look, if, if you rely... Solely on, on this time, this hour, the, the, the two or three hours that you're here in this building on a Sunday morning to, to feed your spiritual life, you're missing out on so much. Take responsibility for your spiritual growth. Dive into the word of God because as believers, we've not been called simply to hear stories of God's goodness. We've, we've been given the opportunity to experience firsthand the goodness of God, the reality of the gospel lived out, and so let me tell you about about one way you can do it. It's not the only way, but but one way you can do it. Do this um, on the on the table, on the on the little stands on your way out the door. You, you'll see these sheets. This is a, a Bible reading plan for 2018. Um, it's called F260. Stands for Foundations 260 260 Passages. That's five days a week to about two chapters of the Bible. Five days a week, covering the major stories from Genesis through Revelation. About fifteen minutes a day, you can read through not not the entire Bible verse for verse, but but most of it. Uh, it's also available on the YouVersion Bible app. And so if you go to our website, fbcalamo.com, in the little slideshow that, that scrolls there, you'll see a picture that says, Read the Bible with us in 2018. Click on there. There will be a link to take you to a uh, reading plan on the YouVersion Bible app that I've set up. And, and we can actually read that together. In fact, at the end of each day, there's a place where you can put in notes that, that will be seen by everybody who's in the group. And why? This is a, it's a time for us to read the Bible Together. And, and something special happens, I think, when, when God's people are in the Word together. Um, and again, if, if you don't have a smartphone or, or you, don't, you don't like the, the internet, that's fine. That's why I have hard copies available at, at the back. And it's, it's real simple. You got five, uh, five readings each week with uh, a memory verse or two each week, and you can just check it off as you go, stick it in the back of your Bible, and, and I did it last year, I can tell you, it's, it's simple, but it's a, it's a way to be in God's Word every day. Um, and we grow closer to Christ as we pursue Him, and the primary way we pursue Christ in, in our day and age, in, in this time in which we live, is through His Word, that's how we connect with Him, that's how we pursue Him. Um, by the way, we, we, we can pursue him because he's pursuing us. And so this is one of those things, I don't have to say, well, well how, how or should I pursue Christ? We can ask how, we can talk about methods. but you don't have to ask the, the question, should I pursue him? The answer to that is yes, because he's already shown us how he's going to pursue us. And, and in fact, we're given uh, examples in scripture of people who pursued God. So in, in Acts 17, 11, we're told about a group called the Bereans. And it says this. It says that the Bereans received the word with eagerness and examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So they had heard Paul preach. And 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 like some other people, they they when they heard Paul preach, they said, Man, this is this is strange. We've never heard anybody preach this way before. We've never heard it anybody say the things that Paul's saying. And some churches, in fact, right before this, Paul had been in Thessalonica and was almost um completely rejected by that city, except for a small number of believers, because the, the things Paul was saying were too strange. And then we're told about this group of people in the city of Berea who searched the scriptures to see if these things were so. And then in Philippians, Paul actually commands us. He says, therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, For it is God uh, working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. See, See here, we're commanded to take some responsibility for our spiritual lives, to pursue Christ as he's pursuing us, as he's working in us to will and to work according to his good purpose. So I would encourage you to... Uh, whether you want to use this plan or not, if you have the YouVersion Bible app, there are countless numbers of Bible reading plans. We, we live in a day and age where we have more access to the Bible than than any generation in history. And yet we we just might be the most biblically illiterate generation that the world has ever seen, too. As you're making New Year's resolutions, this, this is one I would say put high on your list, to be in The word and to be in the word with community. There's no better way to pursue Christ than to be in his word. There's no better way to be in his word than to be in community. That's why we do small groups. That's why I have Sunday school classes at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings so that we might come to know one one another and pursue Christ together. And so listen, if you've not yet joined a class, the beginning of 2018 is a great time to join a small group and to pursue Christ together with another group of people. So that's one way we respond to the good news of Christmas. We pursue Christ by being in his word and being in community. But the second way we respond is, is the same way the shepherds did as well. We respond with proclamation. Look with me at verses 17 and 18. It says, After seeing them, after seeing Mary, Joseph, and the baby, they reported the message that they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. See, they didn't keep this good news of great joy to themselves. In fact, I would even argue that they couldn't. Just like you can't help but tell about a new gift or a new baby or for the the wretch The wretches who are my friends who are Houston Astros fans can't help but tell me about how great the Astros are after they won the World Series last year. We we, we can't help but talk about the things that excite us. We've been called to share this wonderful news of Jesus Christ with the whole world. And and this, by the way, is a common theme in the Gospels. When people encounter Jesus, they, they just can't keep it to themselves, uh, so in John chapter four, verse thirty-nine, uh, this is right after Jesus has met with the woman at the well, the, the Samaritan woman. Um, we're told this. Now, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said. Now, think about who's telling us this. So, so, we're told in scripture that this woman's been married five times, and the man she was living with now is not her husband. And so, when when she comes into town. Telling everybody that she met a man, everybody's probably thinking that's nothing new. We've, we've heard this story before. And then she goes, no, 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 you don't, you don't understand. This, this one was different. He told me everything I ever did. Come and see for yourselves. And she went out telling people about this Jesus that she had just met. And we're told here in John 4.39 that many Samaritans believed because of her testimony. And not only that, but the disciples, these, these men who ran for their very lives on the night that Jesus was arrested, end up boldly proclaiming Jesus as the risen Lord. And, and to a man that they suffered immensely for their faith, and all but one ended up giving his life defending the gospel. And as I've told you before, for John the Apostle, it wasn't because they didn't try. The Roman government boiled him in oil and he miraculously survived and freaked them out because they were pretty good at killing people. And boiling people in oil usually worked. So when he survives, it freaks out the Roman government and they exile him to the island of Patmos, which is where he received the revelation. These guys who ran away on the night that Jesus was arrested end up Boldly declaring the gospel to the point of intense persecution and death. Because they encountered the risen Lord and they never got over it. And so look, as as we begin a new year tomorrow, people are going to make all kinds of New Year's resolutions, right? I want to lose 45 pounds by January 15th. Um, we start saying, making just these crazy, uh, th- these crazy resolutions that aren't that aren't g- going to be possible. But but all of these resolutions are based in one reality, and that reality is brokenness. So whether it's I, I want to I, I want to go on a diet and lose weight and get in better shape, um, whether I want to start a new habit or stop a bad habit, th- th- they're all rooted in brokenness. Something is wrong. And I want to fix it next year. And we as followers of Christ have the ultimate message of renewal. We have the ultimate fix for this brokenness of the human condition. That's found in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and see the new has come. See, and I think maybe we've somehow convinced ourselves that, that people don't want to hear about Christ. When in reality, I think what people don't want to hear about is empty religion. But people are desperate to hear good news. If you're on social media at all, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter, you'll know that bad news abounds. Right? We, we We are far easier at telling bad news in two hundred and forty characters than we are in good news and so our world is desperate for good news and so yeah look if you if you start talking about religion um, uh, about about what what being a christian means and if you use it in terms of well that means you come and you sit in here for an hour uh, a week that, that, that's that's going to turn people off but if we tell people that there's good news in Christ who restores broken things. And so when we come in here on a Sunday morning, then we're not, we're not coming and just sitting and, and watching a performance and hearing a, a, a speech, but we're gathering with the body of Christ to worship the risen Lord and to hear his word opened and proclaimed as we pursue Christ together. That's a message our world is hungry for. That's a message that our world needs because we're broken and we're lonely people. And the gospel creates healing where there was brokenness and community when there was loneliness. And then finally, we respond in praise. Look at me at verse 20. Verse 20 says, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Uh, just like proclamations, a common response to seeing Jesus, so is praise. And the shepherds are certainly no exception to this. Uh, Their the response to what they had seen and heard was to go away glorifying and praising God for what they had seen and what they had heard. And, uh, in Luke chapter 2, verses 36 through 38, just a, just a few paragraphs down, we read about uh, a lady named Anna who is serving in the temple. and it says, uh, there was also a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of, of, the tribe of Asher. She was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and was a widow for 84 years. She did not leave the temple serving God night and day with fasting and prayers. At that very moment, that's the moment that Jesus and, and his family come in. So she came up and began to thank God and to speak about, all, uh, speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. this lady who is well advanced in years we're told she's been a widow for 84 years she sees this baby and she responds in praise L- later on in luke we're we're told about a woman who was disabled by a spirit in luke chapter 13 it says and he talking about jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the sabbath a woman was there who had been disabled by a spirit for over 18 years she was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called out to her, Woman, uh, you are free of your disability. Then he laid his hands on her, and instantly she was restored and began to glorify God. See, when brokenness is healed, that should cause us to respond with praise and joy. And the answer to, the answer to dead, boring religion It's joy. It's joy in Christ. It's it's coming to understand what he's done for us, that he made us alive when we were dead. He gave us hope when we were hopeless. So as we wrap up this morning, here's my question. What's your response? When you hear the good news proclaimed, what's your response? Does it cause you to glorify and praise God for what he's done? Do you ever pause long enough to glorify and praise God for what he's done? To to consider what it would mean to pursue him. Not just on your own, but but with a community. to, To consider what it looks like to proclaim the mercies of him who's saved us. Rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. 1 Chronicles 16 tells us, "For the Lord is great and highly praised; He is feared above all gods," just as we sang about a few moments ago, which we we're about to sing about again. So, this morning, as we as we wrap up the the message time, we're gonna we're gonna go into a time of response. Then we'll transition to the Lord's Supper here in just a sec. But as Sarah comes to to lead us in our invitation, I'm gonna ask you to take just a few moments and. Pause, reflect on what God's done in you and through you through the gospel ask him how he might have you pursue him as we begin a new year ask him what it would look like to proclaim his mercies to those around you and then ask him what it would look like to to live your life in response in a response of praise to what he's done in your life let's pray Father we thank you for this morning we thank you so much for the chance to gather together to look at how we can respond to the good news of Christmas. May, may our response be just like the shepherds, where we, where we pursue. We're not content just to hear about the, the things you've done. not content just to have the, the Word of God preached to us. We want to be in the Word, pursuing you through, through the Word and through prayer and through community on our own. So that our testimony wouldn't simply be, I've, I've heard about what God's done. But it might be, here's what God's done in and through my life. And we might respond with proclamation, declaring the good news of the gospel to a world that desperately, desperately needs good news. Desperately needs to hear that you restore things that are broken. And then finally, we might respond with praise to you for the blessings that you've given us. The next few moments show us what that might look like in our lives as we prepare for 2018. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from First Baptist Church of Alamogordo. We are located at 1100 Michigan Avenue in Alamogordo, New Mexico. We meet on Sundays for small groups at 9 a.m. and worship at 10.30. If you have more questions, please email office at fbcalamo.com or call 575-437-5510. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you this week.